Do you know when the worldwide rapture of believers is first mentioned in the Bible? What's remarkable about this first hint of the rapture is that it came at a very traumatic time for those who originally heard these words. Let's find out more in this episode of Foreshadows Report. Welcome to Foreshadows Report, a podcast in which we learn how we can keep watch and find hope as we grow in our understanding of Bible prophecy. This is Steve Miller, and in this episode, we're going to look at the first mention of the rapture in the Bible and why it's so special. After the crucifixion, the disciples were at a total loss. Earlier that week, Jesus had entered Jerusalem surrounded by huge crowds that cried out, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! For the people to call Jesus the Son of David was to recognize him as Messiah and King. At the time, the disciples' excitement had reached fever pitch. In their minds, they were thinking, Surely the Lord is about to overthrow our Roman oppressors and set up his kingdom. They assumed that Jesus was on the verge of taking his rightful place on the throne of David and establishing his rule over all the earth. But when they sat together in the upper room to observe Passover, Jesus warned that he was about to be betrayed. Earlier, he had told the disciples that he would soon die. And here in the upper room, he said that he was about to leave them. In John 13.33, he tells them, Yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. This did not fit with the disciples' expectations. If he was the Messiah, why did he have to die? What was this about him being with them for only a little while longer? And why was he saying, where I am going, you cannot come? Suddenly the disciples were filled with a fear that the Lord was about to abandon them. Jesus knew what was going through their minds. He could read the anxiety on their faces. And a few verses later, in John 14:1, Jesus told them, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. With these words, Jesus was saying that in the same way the disciples knew they could trust God, they could also trust him. As their faith was wavering, Jesus spoke a promise that he wanted them to cling to for the rest of their lives, a promise that you and I can cling to as well. This separation will be temporary. Jesus then said in John 14 verses 2 and 3, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Jesus knew exactly what his disciples needed to hear in this moment. They were filled with grief. They didn't understand why he had to die and why he had to leave them. 
As Jesus comforted the disciples, he immediately assured them that their separation from him was not permanent. He said, In my Father's house are many rooms. I go to prepare a place for you. Then he said, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. This was a promise that someday they would be reunited. What makes this promise from Jesus' own lips so powerful is the highly personal nature of it. Notice the intimacy of his words. He made it clear that he wanted to be together again with them, and the entire time they were apart, he would be preparing a place for them. As he prepared their places, they would be on his mind. That's true for us as well. We are on his mind too, and the assurance that he was coming back to call them up to himself made it clear that he would follow through. They could count on this. In this great promise of the rapture, we see Christ's deep affection for his disciples and for all his children. He was saying, we will be together again. And he was saying, trust me. In John 14, verses 1 through 3, Jesus reveals for the first time in Scripture the promise of a rapture, a catching up of all believers in the air to meet him. This promise of his coming to snatch us up to heaven is not to be confused with his future return to the earth in judgment and to set up his kingdom. In John 14, Jesus does not say he will come all the way down to the earth. Rather, he says he will meet us in the air and take us up to himself. He makes it clear that together our immediate destination will be the Father's house or heaven. This is different from what we read in Revelation chapter 19, which tells us that after the seven-year tribulation, Christ will return and descend all the way to the earth to bring judgment, and we will follow him to the earth as well. And then Christ will establish his throne in Jerusalem and reign over all the earth for a thousand years, as explained in Revelation chapter 20. So in the rapture, we will be taken up and go to heaven. In the second coming, we will come all the way down to the earth with Christ and stay here for his millennial kingdom. The promise that Jesus gave in John 14 lines up with Paul's teaching in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, which is clearly a rapture passage. There, Paul wrote that at the appointed moment, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive will be caught up together with them in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. So notice, this meeting will take place in the air, after which we will always be with our Lord. In Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39, Paul wrote that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Once we place our faith in Him for our salvation, our destination is secure. If we die before the rapture, then we will be at home with the Lord, according to 2 Corinthians 5.8. And if we're still alive on earth when the rapture happens, we will be taken up in the air to meet Jesus. Either way, we will be taken into his presence, never to be separated again. 
What a wonderful promise that is. What an incredible event for all of us to look forward to. This is why Titus 2.13 calls the rapture the blessed hope. This is why we as believers are called to keep watch, for as we do so, we will find hope. Before we close, I'd like to say this podcast concludes Season 1 of Foreshadows Report. We will begin Season 2 on Tuesday, August 23rd, two weeks from now. During this break, I'll be preparing new material for future podcasts, including a new series that I'm excited about. So be sure to tune in on August 23rd. In the meantime, I will continue to post messages daily on my Telegram Messenger channel, Foreshadows Report. If you haven't checked out Foreshadows Report on Telegram Messenger channel, there is a link on my website, stevemillerresources.com. There you can find my daily post and also follow the link to sign up and subscribe to Foreshadows Report. Again, that's at stevemillerresources.com. And finally, I want to give a big thank you to Harvest House Publishers, which has made this podcast possible. <laughs>